I want you to get your Bible real quickly. Turn to 2 Kings. 2 Kings <clears throat> chapter number 7. Now, I have spoken to you uh, from this particular chapter before. I've taught you out of this chapter before, and it will be familiar to you. But I want to grab a new focus this morning as I share with you the word of the Lord. Verse number 8, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 8. If you got it, say amen. Oh, y'all are cheating. You're looking at the screens, aren't you? I can tell. It's not there yet? You must have been waiting for it to get up there. You think I don't catch you, but I do. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 8, and it says, When these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and they ate and they drank and they carried out silver and gold and clothes and they went and hid it. And they came again and went into another tent and they carried, they carried more gold and silver and clothes and went and hid it. And then they looked at each other and said, we're, we're not doing this right. This is a day of good tidings and we are holding our peace. If we tarry until the morning light, Mischief is going to come upon us. and uh, Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king. So they came and called to the port of the city and they told him saying, We come to the camp of the Syrians and behold there wasn't anybody there. No voice of man, no horse, or, but, but there were horses tied and donkeys tied. And the tents were left just like they were. And he called the porters and they told it to the king's house within. And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will show you what the Syrians are trying to do to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they're gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying when they come out of the city, we'll catch them and we'll get in. I want to just for a minute this morning talk to you on the subject A fish story. Everybody say that. A fish story. story. You know, for the last few weeks, we have been focusing. Peter, it was that famous scripture, casting all your cares upon him. Casting is a fishing term. Peter was acquainted with fishing terms. He was a fisherman. He had been in the boat when Jesus said, cast on the other side. He had seen that miracle that Jesus had provided for them. Fishing. And you know the the principle of a fish story. The more times you tell it. The bigger... The fish seems to get. Or the more fish show up on the string. Everybody say a fish story. story. I remember little Carter, he went fishing. One of the families in the church. And and, uh, uh, he caught, I think he caught a little, uh, what do they call those? uh, Bluegill. You know, no good for nothing. That's a no good for nothing fish. 
You might know what I'm talking about. You can't eat a bluegill. They're gross and they're little. They're, they're just no good for nothing. But when a kid catches it, oh, he told me on the phone. He called me right after he did. He said, Dad, you won't believe it. I caught a whale. You should have seen the way this thing fought me. It must have took me 30 minutes to reel this thing in. And, uh, of course, I asked the gentleman on the other side. I said, what is it, a big one? He said, oh, well, I believe he's telling you a fish story. These four lepers had experienced the worst life could offer. I'll dig into the history in just a minute, but it suffices to say they were starving to death. They were sick. They were broken. And all of a sudden, they walked into a situation of extravagant abundance. Tents full of gold and silver. Clothes and all the food they could possibly eat. They went in an instant from being broke to rich naked to clothed hungry to full I'm talking about in an instant this was a breakthrough of epic proportions I'm talking about not not it doesn't take a month or a week I'm talking about you walk into it in an in an instant I'm, I need somebody this morning to understand that faith is either now or it's not faith at all. These were broken men. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in a frenzy of harvest. I mean, they're eating fist over fist. They're trying on new clothes. They're taking gold and silver and going and burying it like somebody's trying to take it from them. And then obviously they look at each other in between chicken wing bites. And they say, this, this, this ain't right. You know what? This is an amazing day. We ought to share this with somebody. We ought to tell somebody about what has just happened to us. I mean, this is a miracle. This is unbelievable, but undeniable. We got to tell somebody. So they said, well, we need to tell the king about this. Because after all, he's hungry too. So they went to the king's house. And they started talking about tents that were full of gold and silver. Fine clothes. Hallelujah. They got to talking about them Armani suits. They got to talking about more food than they could eat. And you know what? The fish, the, the, the king looked at them and he says, that's a fish story. Because it sounds too good to be true. That couldn't be. You're trying to tell me after all I've seen and after all I've been through and after the disappointments I've suffered that there are tents just right over there full of everything we've been doing without. See, this is exactly the way Christians respond when they hear about the word of the Lord. You mean after the disappointment I've been through and after everything I've suffered, you're trying to tell me. That sounds like a fish story to me. I've suffered through too much. you got to understand what this city of Samaria had gone through. I'm talking about they were at the point of starvation. 
It was so bad, they were eating their own children. Boiling them and eating them. Tell you something, when you get in shape like that, you're in bad shape. They were broken. This was a city full of the blessing and favor of God. And all of a sudden, it was a city that was absolutely destitute and in the midst of famine. And now you got four broken down lepers talking about a miracle just over the hill. Talking about breakthrough beyond your wildest dreams. And the king looks back and says, I don't believe it. It sounds like a fish story to me. Hallelujah. You may have a tent and there may be a chicken wing. But I don't believe you for the buffet that I'm... Can I just break in here and ruin the whole punchline of this sermon and tell you that God's about to do something in your life that is so big and so wonderful and so amazing and so outstanding that no matter how you tell it, you can't... It can't be overtold. It's going to be so grand that no matter how big you make it, it won't be as big as the miracle he's trying to do. I said, I'm about to do something in your life that makes it impossible for you to tell a fish story. A breakthrough so ridiculous that no matter how you describe it, you're not even scratching the surface no matter how many times that you retell it listen your fish stories they just get bigger and bigger and grander and grander but what I'm about to do in your life starts out so big there's no way you can define it there's no way you can describe it there's no way you can overtell it Amen. Amen. Look at, look at verse number one The story begins this way. Elisha steps forth in the midst of a catastrophic moment in the lives of a city, an entire city, had been under the siege of the Syrian army. They had been selling the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for two pieces of silver. It wasn't that... bread was too expensive there wasn't any bread they were starving to death here comes the prophet you know what he says hear the word of the Lord it's not my word I couldn't even come up with this it's it's not it's not about me I want you to hear the word of the Lord we talk about it often, but it's diff- there's a difference between sitting in the audience in church and actually hearing the word of the Lord. Ooh, you've got to be able to hear God's, God's voice in the voice of the man of God. Hear the word of the Lord. Because if you get a word on it, everything in your life can shift and change. Words are powerful. They change seasons. You're always one word away from a brand new season in God. Hear the word of of the Lord. But pastor, you don't know what I've been going through, what I have faced. Oh, that becomes a perfect platform for what God wants to do in your life. But the process begins by you hearing a word from the Lord. You got to hear hear the word of the Lord. It's never that God doesn't send his word because there's always a word. You 
have to hear the word of the Lord. You got to come expecting. Fact is, you got to come demanding. You ought to walk in here every week and say, Pastor, you better say something. I'm not going back to my life. You better say something because that word is my future. Hallelujah. My future is in your belly. You better talk to me. You better tell me something. Don't tickle my fancy and pat me on the behind. Send me out. I want you to talk to me straight. I want you to preach the word to me because the word is powerful. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. It pierces and divides soul and spirit. I need a word. I have a word. Here. The word of the Lord. I got to hear a word. And I got to hear a word. And let me tell you something. It's dangerous to be removed from the mouthpiece that delivers that word. It's dangerous. Amen. I, be- I believe that my word is in the man of God's mouth. And my future is defined by that word. Boy, I've got to be ready to hear it. Can I tell you that you have to be as anointed to hear as a preacher is to preach? Who am I talking to? I said, you've got to be an anointed hearer. Come on, when we bebop in here and we go through the motions and then go back to our lives, we're still responsible for the word even if we didn't really hear it. We were in the audience when it was spoken. Therefore, we become responsible for it. Elisha steps out and he said, hear the word of the Lord. This word is about to interrupt your fear. It's about to interrupt your pain. It's about to interrupt what you've been going through. But you've got to hear the word of the Lord. How can they believe on him whom they've not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? They've got to have a mouthpiece. Elisha, hear the word of the Lord. Now watch this. Here's what he said. Tomorrow, about this time, Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you that one day can make all the difference in the world? Come on, I don't want to be cliche this morning. I want to speak prophetically to somebody. Hallelujah. A day can make all the difference in the world. The fact is, why don't you put your hand on your belly and just say that to yourself. A day can make all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He said tomorrow about this time. One day. Can you imagine if you were just one day away from your breakthrough? If you knew in your heart that you were one day away from the miracle you've been believing God for. What could you not go through if you knew you only had to go through it for one more day? Ah, devil, you listen. Hallelujah. You better shout today because about this time tomorrow, you better laugh today and dance today because about this time tomorrow. And if I knew I only had to go through it one more day, I could go through it with a shout. I could go through it with a dance. I could go through it with a praise. About this time how would you act in church today <laughs> if you knew that about this time tomorrow I'm looking at some people that are standing in faith for a miracle I want to ask you how would you act today 
if you knew that about this time tomorrow. But see, what happens is the adversary steals our hope. We have suffered so long that it is hard for us to hope. Hope is what tells me tomorrow can be different from today. But when the adversary steals my hope, my expectation becomes that I will continue to live what I've been going through. But I'm going to speak hope to somebody in this house today and tell you that tomorrow about this time, it doesn't matter how broke you've been, doesn't matter how sick you've been, doesn't matter what you have suffered through, about this time tomorrow, everything could be absolutely different in your life. About this time tomorrow. Here's what he said. He said, about this time tomorrow, there's about to be a shift in the economy of things. He said, you've lived through a season where it's taken a whole lot to get a little. But I'm about to shift you into a season where it takes just a little to get a whole lot. Some of you prayer warriors know what I'm talking about. We've been in a season where it takes a whole lot of praying to get a little breakthrough. It takes a whole lot of pressing to make any, any kind of a forward progress. It takes a whole lot of fasting to see a breakthrough. But God said, hallelujah, about this time tomorrow, there's going to be a shift in the economy. What's taken a whole lot to get a little is about to take a little to get a whole lot. Just a little bit of praying is going to bring an answer. Just a little bit of praising is going to bring a breakthrough. Just a little bit of shouting is going to open up the windows of heaven. Economy shift. A shift in the rate of exchange. In this economy, you've given two pieces of silver for a fourth part of a dove's dung. You'll find that in chapter 6. Read through it. I'm talking about a famine. When you are considering eating, I don't, hallelujah. Not just considering eating it, considering paying for it. You say, well, I, I, I'd never do that. You get desperate enough, you will. What's happening in America and around the world is people are starving to death in the Spirit. There is a famine of the Word of God. But pastor, there's a church on every corner. That doesn't mean that there's a Word from God. There's more Christian television than there's ever been. Oh, God help us. I said that does not mean there is a Word from God. (laughs) And when our spirits become emaciated, We begin to grasp at whatever is available. People will believe the craziest lies you've ever, you could ever imagine. Have you ever, have you ever read what the church of Scientology believes? I mean, I'm a smart guy. I went to school and everything. (laughs) I read books. A lot of them. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't understand what kind of shape or frame of mind 
People talk about my faith. Man, that's extraordinary faith you got. Baby, it takes more for you to believe that nonsense than it does for me to believe what I believe. But the problem is, is when we get starving to death, we latch on to anything that might feed our souls. Believe that a person would actually sit in front of tarot cards and believe that that somehow is going to reveal your future. Listen, if you want your future revealed, get into that B-I-B-L-E and it'll tell you your future. Somebody give God praise for the word that feeds our soul. We get starved to death. We need to do to turn to nonsense to feed ourselves. This time tomorrow, there's about to be a shift in the rate of exchange. And then, uh, of course, in the crowd, every church crowd, Every congregation, not here, but you know what I'm saying. You got to have at least one knucklehead. Did your parents use the word knucklehead? Okay, so you understand the reference. You got a knucklehead. And he hears this, and you know what he says? His spirit says, that's a fish story. Too good to be true. Or, I love this, I've heard it before. Oh, I've heard that before. And you know what he says? And this is a leader knucklehead. They're the worst kinds of knuckleheads of them all. Leader knuckleheads. This is a knucklehead upon whom, whose hand the king leaned. Look, look, look at it. Your Bible. A man upon whose hand the king leaned. So he comes and he's, you know, one of those real religious looks on, on their face. And they start every sentence with, well. How many of you know people like this? And you know what's about to follow is doubt and unbelief. Well, when you hear somebody start a sentence in your, in your presence with, well, run. Excuse yourself. My faith is too valuable. What I believe is too valuable. My future is too valuable. Don't dilute and do not pollute with your doubt. So, well, well, well. Preacher, even if God would open up the windows of heaven, that could never take place. I love people like that. Oh, not really. I, I don't want to lie either. It gets under my skin. You're going to doubt it before you tried it. I'm telling you, it's like my children. 
I want, I want them to try stuff. They don't have to like it, but they have to try it. That's the rule. You don't have to love it. If I love it, you don't even have to like it. You don't even have to enjoy it, but you are going to try it. Or I'll stick it down your throat. You make the choice. But don't sit here and tell me that this ain't good. Because I'm eating it. And look at that sushi. Oh, Colin's the worst. You'll either take a bite of this or I will shove this. Try to sit there and tell me it don't look good. You better taste and see that the Lord is good. You better be careful before you open up your mouth. You better be careful before you make your faith a knucklehead. You better watch the words that come out of your mouth. Words are powerful. Words are important. You better be careful about the people around you that you that you see doubt and fear and unbelief into their spirit because you can hear the word of the Lord. Well, it's a fish story. That will never happen. Even if God opens up windows. Well, guess what? He will open up a window if that's what he's got to do. My pastor used to always say he'll move China to get you a China set. If that's what he's got to do. Read Malachi 3. He said, prove me, try me. Test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You don't even have room to receive it. Fish story. Baby, this is a lot better than any fish story. Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, the rate of exchange is going to shift. You always got those people. I always got those people. And you better be close. If you're close, if you're, you better be leery of your words, especially if you're close to the visionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is one of those guys that had the ear of the king. He was close. Oh, don't sow your doubt and unbelief into me. I step out here and say, this is the word of the Lord. You better bet I'm, I'm standing on it every step of the way. If God says he's going to turn it around in the day, you better get your tent ready. He's about to turn it around. If he says he's going to make a difference in an instant, you better get yourself ready because that's exactly what's about to happen. Don't be ta- telling me, well, don't be telling me it's a fish story. God said, I'm about to do something in your life. It doesn't matter how you define it or describe it. You will never adequately get And watch this. The story's about to change. Here we find our, our heroes. Oh, first of all, let me say this. The prophet said to the knucklehead. Because words are powerful. You'll get to see it. But you'll never get to taste it. There's a whole lot of people that are on the inside of the church that are still on the outside. This was an inside outsider. You get to see it, but you don't get to experience it. I tell you what, I don't want God to leave me out on nothing. If I, if I don't know better, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. 
That's why Joshua told the children of Israel when they're walking around the walls of Jericho, don't say nothing, you'll ruin it. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. God says he's going to turn the sky pink. You better get out your crayons. It's going to happen. And then watch this. Look at your Bible. Verse, verse number three. There are four lepers. Everybody say four lepers. four lepers. I just want you to understand the gravity of this. I think sometimes you just read over stuff and you don't understand the gravity. These were men who were literally rotting on the bone. They'd lost fingers and ears, maybe a nose, maybe a toe. They were rotting on the bone, and they had been ostracized from society, so they were outcast. They were starving to death. And these are the four that God chooses to release breakthrough. Isn't that something? Can I tell you, it ain't always the superstars. Oh, it ain't always the ones you choose. It ain't always the ones you'd pick out of a lineup. Fact is, God looks for the ones that don't look quite right. They don't quite fit in. They've been pushed to the outside because they make a better platform to display His glory than anybody else. God is about to bring redemptive breakthrough to this entire city. And he picks four lepers to do it. And you know what? These four people, listen, when you get four really on fire folks, they may be going through it. Uh, they may be suffering. They may be crying and walk, I mean, going through some difficult times in their life. But when you get four really on fire, I love, I love to hear them mothers to talk. They get together. Listen, they, their children may be acting crazy. Their finances ain't right. Their husbands ain't, ain't, ain't what. But listen, you get four of them together and they start talking about the Lord, something will happen. Hallelujah. And you know what? Here's what they said. They got to talking and... And here's what they said. Why should we sit here till we die? I'm going to tell you, hell starts trembling when Christians start asking, why? Why do I have to be broke? Why do I have to be sick? Why does my marriage have to be a mess? Why do my teenagers have to be lost? When hell hears, Christians ask why. It knows breakthroughs right around the corner. I don't have to live like this. I don't have to put up with this. Hallelujah. Why should we sit here till we die? You got to be desperate enough to move. You know what I'm saying? I said, you got to be desperate enough to move. There's a lot of people that they're desperate with their mouth, but satisfied with their actions. They stand in church and they tell God about how much they need him. But then their life reveals they can do without him. Oh, y'all don't have to say nothing. I said, y'all don't have to say nothing. They talk about how much the, the, the deer pants after the water brook, but they don't see their Bible in between Sundays. Yeah. Right. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. They, they talk about how they want God to move in their life. But there is no prayer life. There is no fasting life. You got to get desperate enough to move. You got to be desperate enough to change. Amen. Why should we sit here till we die? And then they start walking through the process of making a decision. You know what? Decisions are important. Decisions define futures. God can put you in a good situation and you can decide your way right out of it. Hallelujah. Don't, listen, don't, don't murder the messenger. I'm just the mouthpiece. Talk to God. Hallelujah. You can decide your way right. God can put, put you in a good, good place and you'll decide your way right out of it. Decisions are everything. If you look at the, at the life of successful people, they made a series of right decisions that led them to a point of explosive growth and expansion. If you look at people that are not successful, you will find exactly the opposite. They don't know how to make a good choice. Decisions are everything. They mean everything to your future. They will determine whether you become the person God made you to be or not. Choices. So they started going through the process. They're weighing the cost. Number one, we could stay right here. But if we stay right here, we're going to keep getting what we've got. And if we keep getting what we've got, we're going to die. Because that's, that's, that's the slope we're on. Listen, staying where you're at is not an option. Can I just talk to somebody in this house this morning? Staying where you're at is not an option. There is no maintenance program in this situation. You are either going forward or you are backsliding. I know that's a term we stopped using back in the day, but in the, in the day I grew up in, they just call it what it was. You're a backslider. There ain't no amens right over here. Y'all just help me over here. I said, you're a backslider. But pastor, you shouldn't talk to people like that. You, would you rather me sugarcoat it, b- b- pamper you, put, put a little powder in it, and send you back to a life without power and without transformation and without change or tell you there is something so much better? God is about to release abundance in your life that overwhelms you. We can stay where we're at. We'll die. They said, or we could go back in the city. Samaria. Samaria was a picture of the church. Samaria actually means to preserve. Preservatory. It's like the, the we are the salt of the earth verse. That's Samaria. Everything that comes in is preserved. It's like the church. Everything that comes into the body of Christ is preserved from sin, from death. Now the city's a wreck. They're boiling and eating their own children. And so the four lepers said, well, we could stay here. That's not an option. Or we could go back in the city. The problem is they're in as bad a shape in there as we are out here. Can I just tell you more church, more religion is not, not the answer. Amen. Most of you know this is the truth. You got in the shape you're in going to church. So more church is not the answer. 
I got to have more than religion. I got to do more than go through the motions. I got to do more than sing a few songs, sit down, go through the deal, go back home. I got to have more than that. And you know what? Your spirit ought to be demanding it every time you walk through the doors. More than that. My expectation to a place where I can believe that supernatural things happen. Going back in the city is not an option. So here they say, well, here's what we know. The enemy's just, just over the just over the hill here. And everything we need, they got. Food in them tents. All kind of livestock, clothes, silver and gold. It's just right there. Everybody say, it's just right there. Just stick your hand out there and just say, it's right here. It's right here. Come on, do it. This is prophetic for you. You wake up tomorrow and you say, it's just right here. You get, your, get out of bed and say, it's right here. Where, where's your miracle? Where's your healing? Where's your breakthrough? It's right there. The devil, he's a liar. If he tries to tell you that your miracle's out of reach, that you'll never get to it, that you're farther from it today than you've ever been, you're a liar. My breakthrough's right there. My healing's right there. My miracle's right there. So it's right here. So you know what? The story, they got up. They marched to the Syrian army camp. And when they got there, there wasn't nobody there. Because on the way, the Lord made the Syrians hear a loud noise of chariots and horsemen. Can I tell you, four, just four, it don't even have to be more than that. Just four walking in unison makes a lot of noise. Devil, you better get ready. You're about to hear a big noise. And that doesn't mean there's a whole lot of us, but if just a couple of us decide our miracle's right there, just a couple of us take a step of faith. Hallelujah. We make enough noise to drive the adversary out. Watch this. So they got there. It's like every Christmas in life at one time. Unbelievable. Everything you could ask for. They go and try to tell the king. And you know what the king says? Fish story. I wonder how many of you this morning have been looking at hearing the miracle of God and saying, in your spirit, it's a fish story. Fish story. I was watching a documentary I, I love the outdoors. I love wildlife. I love to hunt. I, 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 love, I just love all of it. I love being out there. I love riding in with my daddy and setting up camp, hunting elk, shot, shot bears with my dad, deer. I shot a Russian pig one time. It's on the, if you've been in my house, it's on the bathroom wall. You go in there. <laughs> Some of you PETA folks, just take it easy. I never understand people that have that kind of affinity. You, 
you eat ham and hamburgers and and then you rail on people that go hunting. What's the matter with you? That that's a hypocrite. That would be defined as being a hypocrite. Anyways, that's another that's another message. The story of this bear, and I'm watching it. I'm glued in, man. I'm, I mean, I'm honed in. Documentary of a bear, and they're following this bear. They, they followed it, and they, they, they taped the activity of this bear every day of its life uh, to adulthood. It's separated from its mother. It's on its own. It's going through really difficult times. Can't find enough to eat. Fighting off other uh, um, Animals, and I mean, it really takes you through just kind of a chronological day by day through the life of this bear. And so they start watching this journey. This bear begins a journey. He begins a journey. It's days and days and days. He's traveling, traveling, almost nothing to eat. And he gets back to this secluded stream. And the narrator begins to talk about how This bear has made its way back by instinct to a place where its mother caught fish and fed him as a child. And now he's made his way miles and miles and miles and days journey back to this place where he saw his mother catch fish. Now what the bear doesn't know is that at the same time he begins his journey, hundreds of miles away the switch flips in the heart of a salmon and out of the salt water and up those channels it begins to swim. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles over rock ledges and through shallow streams. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows how. You talk about GPS, baby. This thing goes back to the exact place where it was spawned. Something's about to take place. Something's about to come together. This bear's been hungry. He's been searching and hunting and trying. He doesn't know it, but dinner's swimming upstream. Oh, if he's patient. And it talks about he come back day after day, nothing. Day after day, nothing. All of a sudden, he shows up, and there's thousands and thousands of salmon in this secluded stream. It showed him sitting down in the middle of the water, flapping salmon into his mouth for days. Can I tell you what you've been hunting for? And what you've been fishing for is swimming upstream. It's coming through barriers. And it's about to show up. Be faithful. Don't leave. You're about to get a fish story. Sit down. Watch this. So I got to, I got to study in these salmon. I was interested You mean to tell me you fish all day and all night and then all of a sudden you show up and there's so many of them you can scoop them on the shore. I'm talking about a 
shift. So I, I come across, I was studying this, and I come across this video. Do you have this video? What, look at this. I want you to watch this. It's a phenomenon. These are white, white fish. And something's going on with them because any time a boat travels through the water, they start jumping. I'm about to preach this house down. <laughs> Out of the water. And I'm not talking about one or two of them. I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them start jumping out of the water, actually jumping in the boat. Look at them. They're in a frenzy. They don't even know what's happening. All they know is they got to jump. There's something happened. Something clicked. Something came on. And all of a sudden, they're jumping out of the water and jumping in the boat. Can I tell you, you better get ready. You've been fishing for something. And you've been trying. And you've been praying. And you've been fasting. But what you've been fishing for is about to jump out of your boat. Jump into your boat and into your life. Oh, my God. Somebody get on your feet. Shot, I'm about to get a fishing story. If you're believing for something, I'd be praising him right now. If you've been sowing and you've been fasting and you've been praying, I'd be shouting right now because your breakthrough is about to jump in your boat. I know some of your stories. I know you've been fishing. You've been trying everything. You've thrown everything at your breakthrough that you know. Can I just tell you that there comes a moment and nobody can say why. Nobody can understand how. Salmon respond. They spend about a year in their spawning grounds. And then all of a sudden, they make their way to the sea. Anywhere from two to four years, they will grow. Some of them never make it back because of predators, sickness. No one understands why. The time clock is what it is. But elder, the switch goes off. And that fish says, I got to go home. Can I prophesy to somebody in this place? 
and tell you your breakthrough has seemed like it's a long ways off floating in the sea somewhere. But can I tell you, God's time clock is about to switch something. And instead of you chasing it, hallelujah, your breakthrough is about to start swimming upstream. It's about to jump in your boat.